When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. On the show today, we will start to get in to Texas versus TCU. Talk a little bit more about the conferences. Talk some more uh, Texas basketball. Got some updates of some ex-players, some recruits that have signed today. We'll get into that as well. Some NFL talk, maybe a little more Bill Belichick talk today. And some NFL news that could affect Texas Longhorn players as well as Texas Longhorn recruiting. We will see. Uh, we will talk about that as well. Plenty more. Maybe a little Bijan talk from Hook'em Up as well. All that coming up on the show today. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line phone number. And uh, you know what? It is a Wednesday. It's a, it's a good day to try and be positive. We get through the week. If we can get us we get positive through a Wednesday, then you feel good, and then you're on the downhill side of the weekend, and uh, we'll have a good time. So one of the things that has brought me so much joy this week, and if, if anybody has him, I feel my man, Chief Engineer, uh, may be a guy who has some of these stories, because I've seen him, they keep popping up in my timeline on, on Twitter and on Facebook, and I just keep seeing him pop up, and they make me happy every time, is the Josh McDaniel stories, uh, now that he's been fired from the Raiders, that there's all these stories coming out, and you don't know if they're real or not, but they don't even need to be anymore because he's already been fired, so I don't even need to know these stories are real. They're just kind of becoming Chuck Norris stories, but the opposite way that there's stories that that uh, he traded a player because he thought his wife was attracted to him and that he told uh, that he told his team it didn't matter. He told his staff or whatever that it didn't matter who was a quarterback. He could make a high school quarterback you know, a elite quarterback in the NFL. And of course we know the story that he got mad at Antonio Pierce allegedly for uh for mentioning the Giants beating the Patriots and that was one of the last straws. All those great stories, then they keep coming out that people are like, Oh, you think that was bad? He no, this is who Josh McDaniels is. And I don't feel like there's any victim except Josh McDaniels, which apologies to Josh. I don't think he's listening. But Raiders fans wanted him gone. 
and and everyone else in the league doesn't care. It, it's really it seems like a positive way to spend our Wednesday. If you have any stories, or if you just want to make one up about Josh McDaniels, we can spread fake stories about him. They're all alleged. We don't believe in any of them. There's no factual proof of any of these stories. There's no tapes or anything. But they are uh, they they are just they're fun. They're fun stories to hear. Uh, I, I just they bring a smile to my face every time when someone because you know it's that that when you walk into the office and. And you just start trash talking, and it's with somebody you don't even really, you may not even really like the person, but you're sitting there and they have some good dirt on somebody, and you get that good dirt feel. That's the Josh McDaniels. It's a good dirt feel about somebody that you you judged one way, and then you're like, I feel bad, I judged him, and maybe I shouldn't be such a judgy person. And then they're like, You were right. And you're like, Oh, it's just a great feeling in life <laughs> to be right about being judgy and to be a curmudgeon. So. Uh, the story is about Josh McDaniels. If you have any, if you've made any up, uh, send those in on the text line to 512-447-3776. Of course, we will uh, talk uh, Texas football, and uh, we'll have the big fat poll of the day later. But whatever you guys want to talk about, you guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. So uh, send in those texts, 512-447-3776. Uh, Texas is taking on TCU. They are a 10-point favorite going into this game against TCU. That line seems about right. Uh, for where Texas is at, for where TCU is at. Texas does not know what quarterback they will be going into. We're assuming right now, we haven't heard anything to the contrary, that it'll be Malik or Quinn Ewers. Arch Manning doesn't seem to be into it. I know that I've seen people bringing up, and and the national media is having fun today uh, because they because Arch Manning is not assumed to start, and everybody assumed he was going to get playing time and play Arch Manning out of a or play Quinn Ewers out of a job, and Arch Manning was going to be the Heisman Trophy candidate by midway through the season, or he's transferring. That was kind of their it's whatever BS uh, propaganda is out there from other teams to try and get him to transfer because they want him to get in the transfer portal. They want to put it in his mind so he can go out and they want to be no. If you were here, you'd be killing it right now. You'd be starting, which he wouldn't be starting on. You know, most championship level. Like I don't know anybody in the top ten in the college football playoff poll where he'd be starting right now. Maybe Alabama, but I even think Alabama would have said, "Hey, let's sit him back and not play the freshman." Uh, you know, he may have got some playing time because we know they have issues. But other than that, I don't know how many teams would really go all in playing the freshman, the true freshman. So it's just kind of a, you know, a BS story. But we keep hearing that. But we think it's going to be uh, Malik or you are starting the game. Malik also had a really good start in both of his starts. And then, you know, had a few struggles, had some mistakes, hoping he keeps working through that. You want to see progression. You want to see where he goes uh, because he's, you know, he's another guy that you're going to have to make a decision at the end of the season. Uh, whether how hard you try to keep uh, Malik Murphy uh, after this season. So we're going to see Quinn Ewers has posted some stuff on social media to make people believe that he could be available. He might be available for this TCU game, but we do not know. Uh, but we do know TCU is a, ga- a team that is struggling after uh, losing several of their players, losing somewhat of their identity after playing the national championship game last year. Uh, here's Sark talking about TCU. Uh, obviously, we've got a we've got a tall task Saturday, uh, going on the road, night game, primetime game uh, against a good football team. That I don't think the record is indicative of of 
how good they are. They've had a couple tough losses that you know could have gone either way, uh, and then the record looks different. So uh, we got to make sure that we look at the totality of the body of work of, of TCU. Um, they've got really quality players. They've got a veteran defense. Um, they've got athletic quarterbacks. Uh, they've got good schemes. They're really good on special teams, and so we know they'll be ready to play. We know we'll get their best shot. Uh, we need to ensure that, that they get our best shot as well. And that's really kind of, you know, they're going to be ready to play. They want to go out there. Of course, you know, they're, this is now salvaging the season you, that you can't be a, you know, playing for a college football, you know, calling, playing for the national championship one year and then the next year not making a playoff game, not making a bowl game. Sorry, not making not the playoffs, bowl. Uh, you can't take, you don't want to take that far of a hit. And Sonny Dykes definitely doesn't want to take that big of a hit because then the story of, well, you can only win with other people's players really seems to be much more true. Uh, and he, look, I think he'll be fine. He'll rebuild somewhat. I don't know if he'll be able to rebuild him back to where they were with Gary Patterson, and but it'll be a new Big 12. He can do what he's going to do. The question is, is this team for TCU going to be able to come out and put up enough pressure against Texas, put up enough pressure against a quarterback who is either not 100% or a quarterback that is still new and prone to make mistakes and can they game plan against Texas to try and get those mistakes and try and get those turnovers? Turnovers were not a huge issue in a lot of games for Texas, and they're able to handle them easily. These turnover games are a, a easy way to lose a game you should be winning. Texas has to find ways to use their versatility to take away the plays that the other team kind of knows what's happening. And as much as the screen plays are a big thing, screen plays to Malik Murphy's left, I wouldn't throw as many times as I, as I did before because I know his story across the body is he's going his tendency to step backwards instead of forwards means that he throwing those across the body, stepping backwards off the back foot. Screen passes just are dangerous, dangerous passes, especially when you throw a lot of screens, and which means that teams are kind of more ready to get out there and get on them. So I, I don't know if I'd go that way. I think I'd try and use my versatility a little bit more and try and hit a couple more players. i try and go to Jay Witt in those short games. I don't necessarily know if I use the screen as much with Malik Murphy, especially on the left side, when you're on that left side across his body, just because I don't necessarily want to put him in the position to make the same mistake. Because he's made it a couple times, and it's basically on the same play, where he thinks when a, when a screen gets blown up, and on a screen, you're supposed to allow defenders to get near you so they, the runner has plenty more room, and it's all set up in a way that it's supposed to work if it's perfect. But if you miss one block on that perimeter and or a guy, a defender just reads it and gets in between you, you have problems. He's shown a little bit of lack of experience in that role, so I would take away some of that, try and use my versatility. I'm fine with the deep shots. The interception he threw on the deep shot wasn't necessarily his fault that was a Jonte Cook falling over problem uh which you know you slip you fall maybe he got pushed who knows I'm not saying he did uh but I am saying that he did fall over uh and so that kind of defense you know I'm not as worried about that so much as kind of these are easy turnovers of pressure getting to Malik Murphy uh, sometimes designed and him not being able to handle it but Texas has a versatility through a running game through multiple passing players that you can set up screens, block slightly differently, 
have a defense feel the screen because they know it's a play they're going to attack on and be able to attack on a slant to an A.D. Mitchell or an Xavier Worthy who's good in space and try and get them a four- or five-yard pass over the middle and try and get them in a little bit of space. The versatility of Texas is big. Sark uh, spoke about the versatility on Monday. This is a little bit of a long answer because it talks about uh, what he feels the team is versatile in now and also what he compares it to of other teams. But it's a good part of where Sark kind of says we, there's a lot of weapons for this Texas team and they need to figure out how to use them. You know, I, I definitely felt it going into training camp. You have a you have a feel for your team, I think, coming out of uh, spring practice. Okay, I have an idea. You, do, you don't have your full allotment of players and you might have some guys coming off of injury, but start to get a little bit of a feel. And then when you get summer now, the way summer works, where we get to work with our guys on some, you know, position-specific functional training, and you start to say, okay, I really see what Coach Becton has done with with player A, player B, and his speed or his his you know his growth and where he's at, and you start kind of putting the pieces to the puzzle together, and you add, you know, a couple transfers. All of a sudden, Ryan Sanborn shows up, and you you, you know he's like, okay, you see him punt, and you're like, all right, we have a real punter. Okay, we have now our kickers aren't both freshmen anymore. They have some experience. Um, and you start just, like I said, put the pieces to the puzzle together. You add a Catalan. You, you start to add some pieces, and you're like, we're going to be pretty good. Okay, now we got a lot of work to do in training camp, and I think we're going to defend the run well. I think we can run the ball pretty good. We're bringing back an entire offensive line. Uh, Jonathan was coming back. Um, you know, Cedric had just you know been here through spring as a true freshman. Um, like I said, AD showed up. And now all of a sudden, there's AD Xavier, the true freshman receiver show up. So it all started to add up to me. And so when when I went into fall camp, I was like, I think this is who we are. Now let's see if it can really come to fruition as we start going through training camp, and, and it showed. And so that, that part to me has been something that not only do I want to tell you guys that, I wanted to make sure our team knew that, that, that they felt confident that they could play any style of football that was needed on any given Saturday and that we could win, the, we could win games and that we could win games a variety of ways and, uh, and instill that confidence in them, that they should feel confident that we can play pretty much any way we want to play that's needed anywhere in whatever conditions that, that are needed. And so uh, I've been proud of the guys that they've responded to that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we're going to need that. We're going to need that here over the next month of the season that we're going to need all of our team to play well uh, to, to continue on the, on the kind of quest that we're on. I missed the second part of your question. I apologize. How does this team's versatility compare to the Yeah, I don't, I, you know, that's, that's always difficult. Um, on that stuff. I, I do think that we have depth that is comparable. And that's something to me that has shown up um, incredibly for us this season. I mean, I know we're making a lot about Malik. We just went and beat a top 25 team that's the number one defense in our conference um, and had almost 500 yards of offense and scored 33 points with our backup quarterback, with our backup right tackle in the game, when our starting left tackle went out and we had to move our starting left guard to left tackle. So just look at that. From a, from that perspective, and think about some of the stuff we've had to go through defensively. You know, we we didn't have two safeties last game with Catalan and Crawford out. You know, Ethan Burke's coming back off an injury. You know, Jade was down there for a minute. Ryan Watts was out for a minute. But we're, we have enough depth on our team to put guys in position and they can play. You know, good football for us to to overcome. So that versatility. 
to compare to other teams, I don't know, but the one thing I can't compare it to is that we have depth similar to some of those other teams to where when guys go out, the next guy in is more than capable of performing at a high level. And that depth and versatility is what you need. And offensively, I think they've got it mostly figured out. We can pinpoint little things and little differences you'd like to see uh, in their offensive game plan. However, defensively, this is where you start to get into the depth and injuries. And, you know, you have, you know, Keaton Crawford coming back now. And, you know, Jalen Catalan is apparently these guys are at least practicing. We don't know how many reps they'll get or if they'll get into the game. Ryan Watts being back and getting healthier each week. And I know he keeps getting beat up, but. That secondary is going to be a problem because they've built a really, really good run defense. This Texas team has built a really good run defense. And playing against a TCU team, that's kind of middle of the pack running and passing. They're, they're not bad at either one by any means. They're also not great at either one. And that's why they're you know a four and five team right now. It's because they're just not great at any one thing. And for Texas, that's not exactly what you'd like. You'd like this to be more like T's, more like uh, Kansas State, which you didn't. You got screwed on the back end because you weren't prepared. But for this, you should know. Okay, we can stop the run and hopefully get the run settled down with you know a, not a ton of pressure dictated to that. Now we have to upset Chandler Morris. Now we have to be able to upset this TCU offense and get them to make some mistakes. Because they're going to be able to, if you give them that little, if you give them space, they're going to be able to get point. They're going to be able to get down the field on you. If you try and beat too much, then they they do have the possibility to throw it over the top of you. But they don't really have anything to scare you too much. But they have just what K State has, which is just enough that if you don't come in and play the game you need to play, and if you just focus on, well, we held their run game to 20 yards, they can put up 400 yards passing on you. Chandler Morris can get out there, and they will be able to put up 400 yards on you, and this becomes a game all of a sudden when it shouldn't be, and you don't want it to be. And the reality of it is this is now you are in not only going on the road dealing with the fans – who are rooting against you, you are now dealing with going on the road, getting out of your bubble a little bit, and the questions around you, and more and more people trying to get interviews with people, and more and more people trying to get in and asking the questions about where should you be in the college football playoff, and you know uh, questions about your future that are a little bit harder to focus on what you need to focus on the game. So you have to keep focused even though you're going on the road again. You have to stay within your team that's something Sark's been able to do pretty well. You know, you were able to go to Alabama this year and win that game, but the last time you were in Dallas was not great. When you were at the Cotton Bowl, now you're going over to TCU. Uh, here's what Sark had to say about keeping focused on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think there's some levels to this. You know, um, one, I think we should get accustomed to that's just how it's going to be when we go on the road. And, you know, I'd be shocked when they – I'm just waiting for them to announce they have a sellout Saturday night, you know, and that, that's – it'll be our 10th straight sellout or whatever it's been that, that we've played in this year. And that's okay. Like, we're comfortable in that arena. Um, I, I'm sure that they'll be all fired up and, you know, there'll be a blackout and whatever else. I mean, I, it just I just it kind of seems like a little bit of a common theme. And that's okay too, right, that that's what we talked about before the season started, that 
that we, you know, that we're going to get everybody's best shot that way. Um, I, I do think it's critical that we have great poise and composure in these environments when we go on the road, and it's something that we've exuded, you know, kind of throughout the year. Um, I thought our poise and composure at Alabama was was tremendous. You know, thought the the poise and composure at Baylor was really good, especially early in that game um, at Houston when the game was started getting uh, uncomfortable that we were able to regroup ourselves and so um, that that's always critical on the road is that a you play really well together um, we get we don't get to bring as many people um, we only get to bring 70 players so that we're tight together we've got great poise great composure um, and that that we understand we're built for for the arena you know we're built for the environment and naturally too I think for our players we didn't play very good against them last year you know and you turn that tape on um, they had a really good football team like they do this year um, but man we just we didn't put our best foot forward a year ago and we made some really uncharacteristic errors um, that I think a lot of the guys on our team would like to um, kind of you know, that, man, I want I want to go show them what I'm actually capable of and the way that I can really play. And so that's something that uh, I know the guys are looking forward to as well. Yeah, and that's the other part. Jalen Ford said it. You know, there's been some other talks of some other guys. You know, they'd like to go to TCU and a team that is kind of beat up on this Texas team on the way out of the Big 12. Show them who's boss and go play, which is great. But if you have the right attitude for it, it's awesome. If you have the right attitude of let's focus, let's do the game plan, let's go ahead and and steam forward and show that we're the best team. That's great. If you have the we we're the better team, it's a difference of throwing off your front foot or your back foot. It, you know, it's you you have to be able to be eyes forward, doing what you need to do on that defensive end because that's kind of the worry for Texas right now is in that secondary and can they keep the pressure up for four quarters of a good secondary game? Now, two hundred fifty yards passing is not a problem, I don't think. But once you get over that 300 and you get into 350 and those, that's start going to be a problem for Texas if you start to allow teams to just tee off on you when you can stop the run and make them one-dimensional and then they just beat you that way. That's something Texas has to continue to work on and we'll keep talking about uh, for the rest of the week. We're going to get to your text in just a minute. 512-447-3776. Appreciate everybody texting in. Let's get to the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. Big fat poll of the day today. We asked you yesterday which conference was the weakest. Today we're asking you which conference is the strongest. Is the SEC, where Texas is headed, still the strongest conference in football? Is it Big Ten because they're power hungry and they're, they got the big schools and they have Penn State at 10 and Michigan at three and Ohio State at one is that where it's in the college football playoffs is that them they have three top 10 teams so they're the best is the Pac-12 with a, a litany of players in there we're probably not going to say the ACC is it you know is the big 12 are they are they a power like where are you ranking these conferences put that in the poll today send that in 512-447-3776 who do you think is the toughest conference or the best conference uh strongest conference in football, is the SEC still holding it? Do you put it Big Ten in there because of the top teams, or is that just kind of window dressing because they're you know they're beating up on the bad guys and they haven't really started to play each other yet, except for Ohio State beat Penn State, but we'll see Penn State Michigan this week, uh, that which will be a great game, a great divider. Uh, we'll see if you know if Penn State beats Michigan, maybe that'll let some pressure off the Harbaugh thing, and or maybe it'll add more on that they had been stealing signals, and now they can't. Uh, all of these, are they're going to be great storylines to watch for 
this weekend. Also, keep sending in. I've seen a couple come in. We're going to read those when we come back. Uh, Josh McDaniels, there's stories going around on the internet everywhere uh, of him coming off like an idiot. Uh, if you have any of those, or just make some up. I, I've just enjoyed them, trying to keep it happy. Anything else you want to talk about? Your takes on the game, early predictions, Texas TCU, things you're worried about, things you're excited about, what you're looking forward to this weekend. We'll get into all of that. we got some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie talking Texas TCU as well, coming up after the break, and, of course, your text on the text line. All that and more on the, Spar- on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Getting your two X, 512-447-3776. The text line is open. Big Fat Poll today. Which conference has been the strongest this season? If you got any crazy Josh McDaniel stories you've heard, or you got one you like to make up, send that in as well. And anything else you guys want to talk about, always love to hear from you on the text line. Uh, and we're playing songs from veterans, men and women who served all week long uh, to salute Veterans Day. That is happening on Saturday. So salute to all the veterans out there with some uh, Johnny Cash for you right there. Uh, let's get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. I'm going to play you some uh, sound from Hook Em Up with Rob E and Rob B in just a minute with Rod Babers and Aaron Hogan starting to break down TCU as we're on a Wednesday and we're starting to get ready for game day and we're getting pumped up and we're getting ready because this is an 8-1 and Texas team and it feels great in November to still care about Texas football at a high level. It's been a few years and so it's exciting to see that uh, again uh, back on the text line. Oh, some good Josh McDaniel stories here. I believe all these are true. They may be, I'm going to say allegedly, but they're, of course, uh, Josh McDaniels doesn't lose. He simply allows you to win. And Jason Garrett wears Josh McDaniels pajamas to bed. Well done. Definitely understood the assignment there, Texter. Well done. Well done. I appreciate those text in. Uh, we get uh, Roggin the Lakers tonight. Good early season test with Tari Eason coming back. Uh, from CP53. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, that is the Dylan Brooks-LeBron game. LeBron apparently before the game just kind of wants to squash it, I guess, uh, whatever Dylan Brooks is trying to put. He's like, look, he deserves the money. He's a great player. Just stop asking me about it. But we will see. We'll see if there is any fireworks tonight. I believe that game is at 7. There's some other good NBA games tonight, too. Uh, Wimby is making his debut uh, in Madison Square Garden, so the New York media is out in force to see Wimby versus uh, the Knicks tonight at 6.30. That game will be happening. And then the late game is Golden State and the Nuggets with the news that Jamal Murray 
uh, will be out for several months now. Or, sorry, several weeks. Several weeks. Sorry. Sorry. Several weeks now. They expect to be out for the rest of the month is what I was going to say, and I combined the two things to say the wrong thing that was wrong information. Jamal Murray with a hamstring strain. They want him to be healthy in the season. They don't want to keep pushing through, but this is what we've talked about with the the Nuggets in the preseason uh, kind of uh, preview for the for for the NBA is you know you got to stay healthy if you're the Nuggets they're going to try and do that he'll be out for several weeks uh, they're expecting the rest of the month is what they've said three to four weeks is uh, for a hamstring strain for Jamal Murray and of course the NBA and their we want everybody to play is probably not thrilled about it but uh, it'll be a fun game some good NBA games happening tonight and for everybody who keeps asking the the in league tournament. The in-season tournament is that happened one day. It'll happen again on Friday, I think. Uh, it's just they're doing games at times, and they all have really ugly uh, courts. The courts are a problem. They're a problem for this. I, I, I'm not thrilled about the courts. The jerseys are okay. Uh, the Spurs jerseys are okay. The court is not going to look good. They haven't played the game there yet, but the court, from the pictures I've seen, is not going to look great. Uh, so I'm not thrilled about any of that. I think they, you know, that's going to be one of those adjustments they make in year two of the in-season tournament. Is uh, the colors on these courts seem to be disorienting and not great? Uh, but yeah, some good NBA games on tonight. We'll keep talking NBA as we get further and further into it. If you guys want to text in about NBA, we'll talk about it. For the Rockets, a good test. They're a three and three team, uh, so it's a good test against somebody uh, against the Lakers team that you know can play some basketball. Now they have AD issues too with injuries, so. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Mark from Taylor. Thanks for texting in, Mark. Uh, when Sark talks about our roster, it sounds like he should be blowing. we should be blowing teams out, or is that just me? It is, but he's also kind of, he has to talk his team up. You know, it'd be weird if a coach came out and was just like, you know, we're okay, but we're not great. We'll probably lose some games, and we're not, that seems like a weird thing. Like, so I, I think he does that, and to Sark talk about injuries a lot, I feel like we played multiple backup quarterbacks this year. Uh, we play multiple backup positions. He does talk about injuries some, but he is pretty close to the vest about his injuries and still says the SEC for a big fat poll today, which conference has been the strongest this season? Still the SEC. I think the SEC, it's still up there, but it's getting closer. It's the transfer portal and NIL has made it so some of these smaller schools can really go out and get a couple of good players and steal them away from these top schools. And so it's not necessarily making the other teams that much better where now there's all these nine-win teams that are coming out of nowhere for some minute, but it's hurting the top teams because the guy that they normally would have gotten at defensive tackle, and now they're run games week and they're trying to cover over. And so those types of players, when you have a, a guy in a hometown that you're able to get him the NIL deal and you're able to, and or he transfers back home, or he tra- like those types of things are helping out some of these other teams to even it out a little bit, but I still have SEC as my top uh, conference, but I'm, again, I'm a homer. What can I tell you? Uh, CBA Scott says horns by 14, uh, SEC and Big Ten every year, but you got to pick one. You got to pick one, and Ron Washington is the new skipper of the Angels. I saw that as well, too. Congrats to Ron Washington uh, going to the Angels. I'm not bringing that up in the 6 o'clock hour, too. We're finding some topics for the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, we don't have a ton. It's a Wednesday, so there's not a ton, but there's a few things we'll talk about. And if you guys want to drive the show in the, on the uh, on the text line, you go right ahead, and I'll follow where you want to go. 
Uh, let's play some sound, though, from Hook Em Up with Ian Rob B. We're going to get back to your text. Remember, we're asking you uh, which conference has been the strongest this season. Send that text in. Send if you got any Josh McDaniel stories. If you got any takes on Texas versus TCU, any of that, send that stuff in. You want to talk some NBA? Ask any NBA questions. I'm trying to keep up with it. I'm watching NBA every night and college basketball, but I'm, I'm you know, you try and keep up with all the sports. It gets difficult at a point, but I try and keep up with it as much as I can. Uh, I, I've covered the NBA for many, many years, so I try and always keep up with the NBA. Want to play this time from Hook Em Up with Ian Rob B. A little bit of a TCU preview from uh, our guys in the morning, 6 to 11, on the horn right here. It's a TCU preview from uh, Hook Em Up. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the horn. Mr. Bombastic. We want some bombastic, romantic, fantastic lover. Mr. Lova Lova, Lova. Mm. Mr. Lova Lova, Lova. Uh, girl. Mr. Lova Lova, Lova. Mm. Mr. Lova Lova. <laughs> she call me Mr. Bombastic, send me fantastic. Touch me on me box, she says I'm Mr. Romantic. Call me fantastic. Back on the sports complex on a Wednesday afternoon. The text line is open and rolling. 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. We try to get to everybody's text here on the show. So if you've got something you want to talk about, a topic, 6 o'clock hour, we got a lot to get into. So if you want to get th- you want something you want to throw in in the 6 o'clock hour, get to that. We're going to read some of your texts right now as well. But start getting those texts ready for the 6 o'clock hour. If you've got some, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Texas basketball, a little bit of uh, there's some new recruits, some uh, some movement of where the guys are that were on the team last year. Uh, we'll get into a big development in the in it, that the NFL had uh, today announcement today that will affect the Longhorns, at least Longhorn players. We'll tell you that too, and then we can, uh, if we have some time, we'll get into some Bill Belichick coaching destinations because that has been the hot topic as the Patriots are going uh, to play in Frankfurt this week, uh, playing music all week from men and women who served. Shaggy, Shaggy was not one I knew before I did the research for this topic that Shaggy had served, uh, <laughs> but it's good to know. It is good to see that he is. Uh, that he has uh, served, and uh, we're salute to veterans uh, with Veterans Day coming up on Saturday. Uh, my man, Chief Engineer, we did ask everybody today about Josh McDaniel stories, too. I've just enjoyed seeing them throughout the week uh, after he got let go, and then everybody's been, you know, you get it, it, it. Basically, every sentence is, you think that's bad, and then someone else will tell another story. The story of uh, that he apparently traded a player because... He thought his wife was attracted to them. There's a story that he said that any high school coach, he could get a high school quarterback to play in the NFL and he could get him to be an elite level. There was a story that uh, that Antonio Pierce in the, the players let everything out meeting, which Max Crosby confirmed today did happen, but he didn't say what happened in it, but he said that it did happen. Uh, not players only, but the, the entire organization was together kind of airing out grievances and and the story was Antonio Pierce talked about how the team got together with the Giants. They went on to win the Super Bowl against the, the undefeated Patriots. And Josh McDaniels apparently took offense uh, that he was talking about his Patriots. All those great stories that make you think of how ridiculous Josh McDaniels was that anybody ever hired him is not a great sign. But my man, Chief Engineer, who I know who's a la- loyal listener and uh, is a Raiders fan, has had been dealing with this. 
Uh, I know he's he's uh, got some kind words or unkind words for uh, Josh McDaniels that he has SDS, which is small something syndrome. We can't. I don't know if we're going to go too far on this. Uh, and uh, and he always goes back to Bill Belichick because he loves giving Bill the another thing we can't say. I don't want to get into. Uh, he doesn't just kill careers. He's not fit to coach a uh, Pee Wee football team. Uh, and a good question. I'll get to that in the six o'clock hour too. The with chief engineer ask about what are the weaknesses of this Texas basketball team. Uh, yeah, and then yes, we know. Uh, we also know the Chandler Jones. What he has said about Josh McDaniels that may be on a little far side, but I appreciate it. if you got these got any stories. I just think they're like uh, they're like those Chuck Norris stories, but they're just the opposite of it of a guy who is just pure toxicity and just walks into every room and. Like a guy who he, Josh McDaniels feels like a guy who, you know, orders a bed set from Ikea. And then when you come back in, there's like a bad bookcase. And you're like, how'd you get a bookcase out of that? And he's like, it's the it's a good bookcase. You guys, you needed a bookcase. I'm the best bookcase builder there is. You don't get, give me a bed. I'll make it a bookcase. You're like, that's not what we wanted, Josh. It's not what we wanted. That feels he's just a weird. <laughs> it was a weird hire that they trusted him again. And these owners really need to know guys who are just good talkers and not uh, great coaches. Uh, let's get back to next time. Uh, the Popcorn Man wants to be updated to JC. I'll change you to JC, uh, Popcorn Man. I'll try and remember to do that today. Uh, they need to be TCU uh, with with style and dominate. Obviously, the playoffs are looking at style points. Only reason Oregon is ahead, all gas, no breaks. I, I do agree that there is something to be said for style points. I think they're playing out this Pac-12 thing pretty weird. There is something to be said that Pac-12 has a lot of people favoring it because the Pac-12 for Washington, Oregon, that Big Ten is also on board with them. So the Pac-12 people in that in that room are for Pac-12 teams. The Big Ten teams are also for Pac-12 being above some other teams. So there there is a little bit of weight that some of these conferences that have a lot of power in the college football playoff ranking are also pulling for the Pac-12 because the Big 12 is going to get uh, some of those players as well or some of those teams as well. And so you may put them ahead of a Texas who the SEC is the only one pulling for Texas because the Big 12 don't like them and the Pac-12 don't like them and the Big 10 don't like them. So there could be a point. I agree. You want to be able to go and handle TCU. You'd like to be able to handle these last three games uh, and just walk away you know, feeling really good about your season, feeling really good walking into the Big 12 championship game giving yourself more of a reason to move up than what we saw last week, which was more reason for them to move you down. I agree with you on that one. Uh, have you seen the Rockets Dunkstronaut court? I have not. I saw, I did see every court at one point, uh, but I have not, I did not see it live in an action. I did not watch that game. So uh, it is, it, you know, I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that these courts, they fix them in season, but I think it's going to be next season. They're bad. Uh, red hot chili peppers level tos. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure on that one. You may have to clear that one up for me, Texter. What that meant? Oklahoma Greg says, no doubt, SEC, Pac-12, probably next right now. They have seven teams that only have two losses or less. Big Twelve, uh, only four teams with two with two losses or less. Big Ten and ACC only have three good teams. I think the Pac-12 is decent this year. Uh, they really, I don't know if anybody played too much non-con. Uh, for for the for the Pac-12, they kind of got away from that. 
So their schedules are pretty good. They have a lot of teams that didn't lose anything in non-conference. So Now some of those teams did play, like Oregon played a Texas Tech team that we thought was going to be better this season. So you can put it on that. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're bad. I, I They're definitely not the worst conference. I do think they're a bit overrated, but I, they're not the worst conference. Uh, from Freak Nasty ATX. Patrick, great show. Appreciate it. Uh, am I the only one who thinks Rod B should be hired by Sark as an analyst? No, we have tried to get Sark to or to Rod to do that. But uh, he unfortunately enjoys not having to work 23 and a half hours a day uh, for football. And that's kind of what you have to do when you get into coaching. And knowing how Rod and how he's driven and how he, how he handles his business, Rod would be working 23 hours and 45 minutes a day uh, trying to get it. He's got a new baby. Let that man enjoy life a little bit instead of being a coach. I agree, though. He Look, they don't need him to be an analyst. Like, luckily for them, the horn is paying Rod Babers to do the work on on the air, and they can just go on and listen to Rod on the air. Like you can, too. Hook him up weekday morning, 6 to 11. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, get to more of your text, 512-447-3776, right here on the Sports Complex, the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.